this person is your acquaintance or this person is someone who can actually be your friend or this is someone who uh, may or may not be trustworthy or even this is someone whose season is gone. But I, and I think that's also part and partial to the fact that the, the reality is, is like with reality TV show, they have to create conflict in shows. Otherwise, conflict, I mean, the shows aren't interesting. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seated with Strangers. This season, we're exploring the topic of reimagining community and culture. My name is Amina, and I am seated with Philip and Tori. On today's episode, we'll be talking about TV culture and its influence on friendship. Uh, I think that that's an awesome topic to start off with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So the first question is, do you believe that TV is reshaping the culture of how we view friendships? as disposable and are we establishing negative stereotypes of how minority women interact with each other? Okay, I guess, yeah, it's heavy, right? It's a good question. It's a really good question. It's a lot to unpack there, but, uh, you know, I feel, and I, I'm big into reality TV. I keep up with a lot of the different programming. I think for the most part, it's a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. logistically we know it's about the ratings. We know right. it's about the yeah. who's, who's tuning in and who's watching it. And, but then also too, we have to question what type of image it's portraying for, for mm-hmm. like women and if it's women of color or however you would like to make it work. And then also the younger people. What are they taking away from that? Right, right. Right. No, no, I definitely, um, I, f- I feel the same in so many ways. Um, I, I think that it's just been kind of a growing issue of people and their relationships feeling as if you don't need a community. And so there's a very indiv- individualistic drive where people aren't thinking about or even really taught they have to have relationships or really even taught that they really need to um, be in community with one another in whatever varying way of relationship that looks like. Um, I also think that sometimes we don't really um, really talk about the varying levels of friendship. So we're not talking about this person's your acquaintance or this person is someone who can actually be your friend or this is someone who um, may or may not be trustworthy or even this is someone whose season is gone. But I, And I think that's also part and partial to the fact that the the reality is is like with reality TV show, they have to create conflict in shows. Otherwise, conflict. I mean, the shows aren't interesting. Um, and right. whereas people were writing the shows and the more popular ones were written, so you were writing conflict. Um, now it's just the conflict has to organically come out of someone's life. And so I definitely think that it it can be portrayed very negatively. And and I, I'll say this, and I'll turn it over to someone else because I remember one time um, I was watching a Steve Harvey show, and he was like. Well, I was listening to the radio show and he mentioned that somebody was going on reality TV show and he was like, man, that's so unfortunate because of what it can possibly do to your family because they have to paint you as a character. And and sometimes people just don't make it out of the character that they're painted to be on TV. Right. And, you know, I think it, I think it goes back to what uh, you were saying earlier. It, it, it is all about views in, in this today's society, um, mm. especially nowadays. Uh, you could look at like, for example, you could look at a sitcom or like some of these TV shows and there are family dynamics, there are friend dynamics, romantic dynamics. And, you know, if there is a conflict, like a a conflict in an episode, by the end of the episode, they will resolve it. But in this day and age, especially now, 
we're in the uh, reality television market. So, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, in reality TV, you have to have conflict. Um, and even if you look at, you know, I know this is something else, but like if you look at some of these debate shows or anything like that, there has to be a conflict because that's what draws out ratings. If you have everybody kind mm-hmm. of agreeing with one another or everybody just all buddy buddy and friendships and you know we're going to go get drinks you know that type of thing is it's not going to draw ratings and then eventually the show is going to get canceled so they have to spice it up in a way i feel like unfortunately if you look especially with you know housewives or any of those tlc shows or um bravo Mm -hmm. it does make us uh, especially you know minority women look very you know it does make it look bad for for them i feel like that's that's the thing that we have to look at um rather than ratings and just trying to you know look good and as you said portray a character you know it is damaging especially to someone's um livelihood or character so yeah absolutely i have often wondered would it be better to do a disclaimer at the top of it explaining Mm. a certain demographic that you know, a lot of this is orchestrated or overly dramatized because it doesn't reflect real human friendships. I mean, how many times are y'all ever in a restaurant and you just see somebody throw a drink on someone and go crazy? No. I mean, that stuff does not normally happen. And no. I all live in Atlanta. I'm in D.C. Both cities of successful populated people of color. And we just do not act like that. Right, right. Right. And and that's also because there's that that respectability politics that goes a part of it. It's just like there's a decorum, at least some of the restaurants that you see them in. They're not going to act like that at that restaurant. They paid too much money to be in there. So why are they going to act like that in that kind of restaurant? So I do think that's I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree that um, there is that other part of like, so what does it look like for us? And the other question is, like, if you feel like that could that could pop off, you're not going to go out to dinner with that person. You might be like, well, let's have it, you know, at home and deal with our private, whatever, but we're not going to be spilling out in the same kind of way. So. mm -hmm. And you also see too, like um, whenever they have their end of the season um, review, I forgot what, I forget what it's called, but you know, the recap. That's where it's the most messiest, you know, because that's, that's how you get the ratings. So they'll dry up, they'll draw up, um, some issues that happened previously during the season and, you know, and it, to make it, they'll, I, well, I'm sure what they do, and this is just me thinking, I feel like what they do is they say action and cut. And if you're not giving them the energy that they want, they can be like, cut, we need a little bit more energy. Like give us a little something. And then that's where you get, you know, the final version of how they act. But I mean, that's just me thinking of the TV brand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, you know, there is soft scripting. So, like, um, my mom actually had her house redone by one of TV shows before. And so, I mean, they had, like, this week-long footage. I mean, they were with us for, like, three weeks, and they had to cut it down to, like, 30 minutes. Well, really 24, because with commercials. But, like, I remember talking to one of the directors, and he was like, yeah, you know, at some point we have to start trying to see if we can build a story. And so then they do start feeding, like, hey, so tell me more information about this thing here, or tell me a little bit more about that. For them, it was just like, will they get this part done on time? Or, like, will he be able to, like, fix this one thing the way he wants to, because it's a new way of doing it. And it became the conflict of the story uh, for it. I mean, but it was very much like, Hey, well, what are the questions? Because and they call it soft scripting, so it was very much a uh, okay. Well, so I, not, not, I, it's not on 
that kind of reality TV show. I mean, the whole makeover show is a little different than a little different than the actual <laughs> Real Housewives or other different TV shows that they have. Um, but they definitely, um, I, w- I can imagine the director in the back is also like, we have to see if we can chase these soft scripted stories to see where we can put it and then put them out of order, even in the season and the cutting and the editing. Cause that's part of it too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So recently there was a study conducted expressing that one in five single men say they have zero close friends. And if we are paying attention, we don't really see male friendship shown, displayed as the focal point in TV shows. Do you think it's valuable to show male friendships on TV? And do you think it's hard for men to have close friendships, just period? Yeah, I, I do believe that it is important for the males um, to be able to show vulnerability. Um, that's one thing that you know I've learned mm-hmm. over the years is um, despite you despite like we you know as we grow up we're taught to you know not show not cry not show vulnerability not get upset you know we don't say i love you to your homeboys because or your friends because it can be viewed at a certain way so it's like you know you you try not to but i feel like nowadays it is centered because like if you look at some of these tv shows uh, mm-hmm. it's a lot of women leads and you see them with their best friends and you don't see a lot of like, for example, Boy Meets World or Fresh Prince. You look at them and, you know, like Will and Carlton, the face and, you know, and then you had like mm-hmm. Sean and Corey for, for those TV shows. And you you have a sense of like loyalty, love and interest. I feel like that's where it kind of misses today because of the whole culture. Some people don't or a lot of men don't want to show that vulnerability. And, you know, I was just talking to my friend the other day, you know, it's... um it's okay to say, I love you to your friend, your best friend, your male mm-hmm. friends, you know, cause it's, you know, not every day is promised and you have to value that friendship while it's here. Um, so it's, it's okay to show that, that love and that uh, appreciation to your, 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 your homeboys or your, your best guy friends. I, I will say like the own network, I know some of the other networks like Bravo and um, some of the ones we named earlier own. I feel like that network is the closest that highlights Mm -hmm. men. Um, There's Mm -hmm. that one franchise that's out now. I think it's Love and and Marriage or something, but they have Huntsville, they have DC, and then they just did Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because you actually do see the men interacting with one another and having conflict and um, navigating that. So it's very interesting to sit back and watch. If y'all haven't seen it, I highly recommend. I it's mm-hmm. it's such an interesting dynamic to see these couples, these married couples on there, how their dynamic is, but then to see mm-hmm. these men interact together. On like what mm-hmm. we were saying with the vulnerability, they touch on that many times in these episodes. So it's it's really interesting, even as a woman, to sit back and listen to this and see that perspective. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. I feel like I'm missing that because like as you were talking about TV shows, I was like, yeah, I was like, I remember like Dwayne and Ron and Kyle and Overton, and those were like, you know. I mean, and they had their levels of their friendships. I mean, but the fact like 
I even think about the fact that, well, I was watching as an adult and I was like, man, Kyle could have lived by himself. He was a stockbroker, but he chose to live with his best friend in his, in his apartment upstairs. And what does it look like to choose that friendship over, you know, whatever other progress or success or I mean, because community was still important for them. But I mean, I can't not and not as you say, like, I really can't name a lot of like really close male friendships in shows that I see now. And that's. That's heartbreaking, actually. I mean, I know we have a, there's a one show, was it Brothers? And I don't, I don't watch it, so I don't know how close, you know, the friendships are. Um, but I think it's, it kind of goes back to that, you know, friendship doesn't always breed conflict. It can, but it doesn't always. Um, and what does that mean for them to be like, oh, you know, well, you have to go and be your own success, but success is so important. Most success cannot be achieved without friendships or relationships. Like you mm-hmm. have to know somebody who's gonna like if you get a job, you gotta know someone who's gonna endorse you or who's gonna like recommend you if you, you know, just survive in general or grow. You gotta like have people to water and pour into you. So um yeah. that's yeah. So, something I have is you know, with my 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 frame is very small. Um, something mm-hmm. that I've always been taught was that everybody's gonna be your friend. And my friend group right now is at least a good solid four, four friends. Mm-hmm. And actually, the other day we went to go see um, Equalizer Three, just as a guy's night. You know what I'm saying? Because we rarely see each other nowadays because we're always busy. So seeing them, it's like, man, you know, you, you you give them a high five, give them a dap, and you're like, man, it's great to see you. Because it's like, I don't know, it's just like you know, and I, I think a lot of times too. Male friendships are viewed, um, it could be viewed as feminine. I remember uh, I was watching uh, Rocky Three, and um, I had looked in the comment section of one of the videos and they were talking about uh, Rocky. When Apollo was training Rocky, at the end of the training montage, Apollo and Rocky were embracing each other in the, um, in the seat. Because, you know, you know mm-hmm. they trained and they were happy. And someone said in the comment section, I wish it was like this and how, you know, people didn't care back then about men embracing each other and having a laugh and loving each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, nowadays, it look, it's looked as, you know, but it's okay to embrace. And, you know, it's okay to, you know, say, I love you. Like I said earlier, you know, it's okay. Yeah, the Will Smith, I don't know if you two read the Will Smith book, his autobiography. Not yet. Oh, oh I, yeah, I did. I did. It's a very great oh, book. Oh, it is. It's so insightful. And, you know, his his own male friendships, you see the development of them. And mm. it, it's just refreshing, you know, and Philip, you're like you have your, your uh, friend group and you don't need that many, right? Because I know a mm. lot of it's about the quality more than the quantity, because even as um, being a woman and, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you can identify with this. A lot of the things that we see on TV, you know, we tend to uh, honor our own friendships. Like, I'm so grateful for the people that I have in my life, just for some of the things that I'm seeing that's out here in this world, because this world is tough. So, right. and, you know, to have your core your core people, it's it's special. Mm-hmm. Smith's book, when he's talking about the dynamics that he has between him and his male friends, no matter like what, if they're beefing or, you know, if everything's harmonious and he's on the come up, so he wants all his boys to be on the come up with him. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's a sense of uh, community and love and closeness there that uh, is it's just, it's special. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and I think I think I definitely believe it's super valuable for people to see it now in this season. I mean, especially just, I mean, I know like the pandemic was like, you know, a year ago, right? And like, and it lasted for like a year. <laughs> At least it just felt like one real long year, right? Um, but, but I do wonder too, if like that's part of it is like, how do you reemerge with, um, even with like, uh, because social, because uh, men can get caught up in like social media and negative stereotypes of what they're showing themselves as well. Um, or like, um, oh, you know, we can't do like a dance video together, but we could or whatever. Like, how what does it look like for the crew to be on mainstream TV or even in mainstream in life and highlighting, hey, you know what? You can you can be single and you can have male friendships. And it is it is just what it is. You can have platonic male male relationships, period. Uh, it's just right. like have it's just you, you can just have platonic male relationships. What does it look like? And. It would be lovely to to kind of see or explore that. And I also think, too, um, because I because um, one of the things that I think also happens is we end up um, right now. There's so many there's so many issue driven things. And I don't think that issue driven things are it are a concern. So I think that everyone should have their space to have their issues and whatever they have to do. But I also feel like um, for the men who are feeling as if they're no longer being amplified or their voices are being diminished, what would it look like for people to say, okay, well, let's still get together and let's talk about our own things in light of things that are happening and also just what support we need for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, like we still all need our own support groups together. Um, Mm -hmm. And whatever faction that looks like for you, that's fine. I mean, if it means you're playing cards on the weekend, do that, you know, go off, you know, whatever you need to do. But like, what is your, what does it look like to just have a a healthy friendship? in general, like not just like a friendship, but an actual healthy friendship where people really like really vouch for you and really want to, you know, run with you and make sure that your well-being is there. And I, I'll put a big uh, emphasis on my friendships with my, my male friends. You know, uh, one of my male friends has always been there for me um, since high school. Um, so mm-hmm. me and him, you know, we, we've always wanted to go up the totem pole, especially um, in the film industry, he's the one who actually drove me into the film industry because initially I wasn't trying mm. to do that. So wow. um, every project I get, I, you know, I put him on with it. Every project or anything he gets, he puts me on with it. And it's just kind of like okay. this constant, like we're going to be there for each other no matter what. And yeah. I wish they had that more on television. It's like, you know, back in the day, they had that. Nowadays, they don't. Yeah, you have to write that. Because <laughs> it's that working across, right? It's like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's happening in your vicinity? If you're not trying to move up all the time, you just like, let's just work across and see what happens when we work across. And human right. relationships are important. Friendships like that are just so important. Yeah. It's oxygen for us, it's just as human mm. beings. So without those, they're so, it's so important. And the thing is, is when we see these images, if we see these friendships on TV, yeah, is it brainless? Like sometimes I'll just, I'll, I'm working or I'm doing my thing on the computer and it's just noise. But when it starts to get elevated and things like, how healthy really is that? Mm-hmm. You know, how healthy is that to, for the psyche mm-hmm. to do that? When our friendships feed us, these relationships feed us, feed our soul, you know, you can depend on your friends. You know, they're going to be there for you, thick or thin, ride or die, you know, and, and that's the way it should be. And you can have healthy conflict. You can have healthy discussion, uh-huh. this way, but still come together. But I love you. I don't agree with you, but I still love you. You know, there's no attacking and calling out of names and 
getting on social media and tweeting or whatever it is that people are doing now. You know, <laughs> it's just not necessary. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, it's like, you know, we will, we'll see, we'll, you know, argue and have issues, but the next day we'll be best friends. So, yeah. What's happening in the internet street? So recently on a reality TV show, one of the cast members made a racial slur regarding another cast member. And the reality show knew that this happened. And instead of editing it out, they ran the episode only to say something once it received backlash. Um, Do you think we like watching train wrecks of other people's relationships because it makes us feel better about our own lives because reality TV show ratings are high? Well, believe me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I know which one that they're referring to mm-hmm. here. But um, it's one thing I will say is although I hate, I I hate watching. So, I mean, it it gives me anxiety on so many mm-hmm. levels. But it's something I feel um, the the masses need to see. They need to they mm-hmm. see, especially those that say, okay, well there is no racism or there is no, there's none of this. And you do have a group of people that will say that this does not exist, but this highlights that no, it does. It's out there. <laughs> and so the thing is, is like, it's a double edged sword once again, because it's good that it's being shown, but then at the same time, how are the producers, how are the, the writers, how are the editors handling that? And how are they delivering mm-hmm. that? teaching a lesson it is a teachable moment you know where this this is not acceptable so um mm-hmm. yeah but go ahead Philip. Yeah, I know. I think, <laughs> oh no I was, I was going, my bad i was gonna say i think i think it it goes back to like you said um it is good that we are seeing it um it is good that we are because like you said most people aren't uh, are saying and they try to put racism under the rug as if it's not happening and it doesn't happen on a day to day. But, you know, us seeing it on live television, that does present like, OK, it's not just in, you know, the real world It's also on television. People lack mm-hmm. respect and people will say certain things disrespectfully and about race and that you know it's not just mm-hmm. as we see it on the news or we see a, a cop kill somebody it's also like on the day-to-day and it can be on the day-to-day so i feel like when people try to sweep it under the rug is it's more it's more so they want to sweep it under the rug because they don't want no issues with oh you know this was said and anything like that or you know they don't want really you know people don't really want to put it on the forefront but it's best and as we've seen within the last few years Racism is high and um, that, you know, that this is happening. Um, But does it make us feel better about ourselves? I would say no, Um, because honestly, we do see that these are issues that happen on the day to day and that, you know, um, just toxic environment or just a toxic uh, show. I wouldn't say that makes me or at least anybody else uh, feel like high and mighty, if that makes sense. Yeah. And mm-hmm. let me just say um, this. I, I, I think that this is the reality TV show that we're speaking of. It, it's not, some of them are scripted, but this particular one is more like a competition. So there's mm-hmm. really not, there, there's not people that are, it's like they are being very organic if, if we're on these feeds and they're just 
they're just being themselves. The cameras are mm-hmm. being themselves. So they say these things and it's not like, oh, okay, the producers plan that. No, that actually really did happen. And it's not mm-hmm. something you in there for shock, like culture shock. No, like that really did happen. So, you know, is it a train wreck? It, like, do we like watching train wrecks of other people's? No, that's, it's horrible to watch. It's uncomfortable. It's sad because it's a reminder of where we still are, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, although we, we need to see it, I feel like in 2023, we, it, we should be really putting this to rest, but. Right. right. And I'm, I think it's kind of both hand because I feel like the problem becomes, um, cause well, first of all, there's always been shows. I mean, that's why the stories are still so popular. People still watch the stories. So people have been watching train wrecks of lives for years. I think there was also other options for content. And so when, um, when, uh, you are in a situation where it's cheaper for you to make this kind of a show. So you just kind of skip on other ways. And that's the only thing we're seeing. I think that's when it kind of makes it look as if you just like train wrecks. Uh, some people just like stuff because it's popular. Or if a clip gets shared on your Facebook thing, you can be watching. Because sometimes, you know, the social media is like you'll be scrolling something by accident. You just be like, well, why am I even watching this? I don't even know. And all of a sudden it's got like your like. Um, or it's kind of like, you know, when you watch like one of the law and orders and you'd be like, I shoot, I started watching it for like three minutes and now I'm invested in 45 minutes later. I'm up here watching something I don't even care about. I'm not even there. But I so I think the issue is less that we like watching train wrecks of other people's lives. Cause I do think escapism is a thing. Cause I mean, this life is, is, can be a lot, but I think the problem is that if there's no other options, if there's no other diversity of things, then I think that's when there's an issue with it because there are other things who, that their, their reality TV ratings are, um, there is a lot of uh, um, shows that are, there's rankings are just as high or their snippets are just as popular. It's just that one kind of eclipses the other if they're not, if they have to fight through more of the noise to get there. Um, and so, I, I mean, but there's some people, I mean, I, there might be some people who like it, but there's some people who probably aspire to that life, the, the, to aspire to the luxury of being able to, to have that kind of a train wreck because it gives them the opportunity, like, kind of like my background screen, be like, yes. If a baby, they're fighting in their baby grand piano. Oh, well, maybe they're more like us than I thought because, you know, yeah, what, whatever's there. So um, I'm going to ask this follow-up question. Does your opinion change when it's two minorities and a racial remark is made? I would say it still remains the same um, only because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a it's like you were saying earlier, it's a double-edged sword because I, I know some people may refer themselves like I don't know it's like when when you're and I've seen it before when you when you have two black males um for example you know sometimes they'll refer to themselves as the n-word you know what's up you know Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like um there is a negative connotation like even though like we we wouldn't want anybody else to say right but especially knowing our history, when we say it, as a, it should be viewed as a negative connotation. So I feel like mm-hmm. it should either either same race or same, you know, demographic or anything, it should be viewed as it is something wrong um, to, to say that on the daily or say that on camera or whenever. Um, even if it is just uh, the subtle, like, remark of just, 
you know, you know, just being able to say hello to your friend. It just it we should be able to veer away from that because it does have negative connotations. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I was going to say the same thing where it, 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 it said, well, I don't know about the two of you, but sometimes if you hear a person that is not a person of color, say a racial slur, you do like you, you do have that reaction. Mm -hmm. You flinch, mm -hmm. you, you get angry, right? right, right. I have to admit, sometimes if I hear a person of color say to another person of color, you know, I don't think it's right. But at the same time, I don't have the same reaction. And, mm -hmm. and that's an interesting, like, as you were talking, I was like, wow, I don't want to hear it on TV. But in person, if somebody said that in front of me that we're of the same um, mm -hmm. race, I, my reaction is different than what it would be if someone that was right. not of that race saying it. Right. right. It's kind of like the power is, it's like, it doesn't have the same charge sometimes uh, because it's, it's, yeah. And it's, it's interesting, like how uh, some terms might feel like, like we, even if they're negative terms, we've crafted to be like terms of endearment. And so it's like, what's the end of this? It's, it can, it's, I'm not saying it's not problematic because I do think it is. It's like, cause there are other terms of endearment that we can, can kind of roll with. Um <clears throat> But I definitely also know, too, that sometimes very often when it's different races, very often it's used with the intention of a trigger or with the intention of hurting. Um, and so and I do think that that's I think this is complicated. It's so complicated because I, I I hear for some reason for some people, I hear why they say it or to hear why why it comes out sometimes, whether I agree with it or not, I can hear their justification of it. Um, but I'm also wondering too, it kind of goes back to like the visualizations that we've seen, what other terms of endearment have we amplified, even for us to say, even just to each other in our own silos and in our own racial spaces, um, that can be our own. Um, and sometimes we feel like we have to like take something that to make it our own. And that that's the one thing that you have to say that is just our own. And so like, what does it look like for us to have that thing that is just our own to say to each other? Um, and we can, I mean, I guess we could craft more. Or we could just figure out how, how it works. So how do you engage and develop your friendships outside of social media, the internet, when the world is reinforcing worry about yourself and your friends need to be on the back burner? Mm -hmm. I'll say that for me, um, I don't live my life on social media. Like I'm on social media, um, but it's like, I have a very active life outside of the spotlight. Um, I saw a post not too long ago. I mean, it can be kind of controversial because um, like, for example, I have a, I'm, I'm in a long-term relationship. I've been in a relationship with this guy for like about five years. And if, if you look at my, po my post on Facebook, you rarely even see like us commenting on each other's pages. And it's not like there's no issue. It's just, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. It's just that there's some things I just kind of want to keep I want to live my life in real time and I don't have to advertise everything that we do um, on the internet for everyone to see because we live our lives in real time. Um, and so for mm -hmm. some people, I know they, they they get more kind of up in arms about it, but I treat my friendships the same way and I treat my family the same way. Um, like there's snippets of my family on the internet, there's snippets of other things, but my family has enough to deal with or my relationship has enough to deal with without having the outside scrutiny from everybody else. I mean, I don't have to 
post everything. Um, but I also recognize the fact that for some people, they need to post things because that's kind of their preference. As for me in my house, I'm just not, I'm not trying to, I'd, I'd rather be in the moment than recording to show you what we did because food don't taste as good when my, my phone is in my hand, in my face. <laughs> like I want to, I want to taste the food. Like I might snap a picture of the plate, but let me dig into this food. And then you get a picture of it when it's empty, but I want to like, I want to enjoy that moment. Um, and so that, but that's, that's how I feel. I just, um, like, I just want to keep some things of my, uh, some things are, are difficult enough and relationships are hard enough to navigate offline and you can, people can make assumptions about your image enough. But um, for me, it doesn't mean that. And also that it doesn't mean like I owe you. It's like, I don't, I don't owe you. I don't, I don't want to tell like if something happens, I don't want, want to be like, oh, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know you enough to tell you. And the people who are my friends who I have relationships with already know um, what's going on yeah. or, and the people who have earned that time and space, it goes back to what we said earlier about you know, levels of friendship. If you are my acquaintance, you don't need to know my business, but if you're my friend and I've known you for a long time and we've lived through seasons, then, then you can, you've earned the possibility of being a part of that season because you're probably also the person I'm being vulnerable with. Also the person who I'm walking through the season with. So that's, that's, that's just where I'm at with that. Yeah. Social media, social media has a way of making us, I mean, it's what we were saying earlier. We do want escapism in this world. We, you know, we we deal with a lot personally um, and individually. We have a lot going on. So sometimes you do want to, uh, you know, watch a movie or go on social media and just kind of escape from the world. But I feel like a lot of times, especially when you look at social media and the landscape of, you know, influencers telling you what to do and how to do it such as like focus on yourself and everything like that. Like that, that listening, it's okay to take, you know, counsel from people, but take counsel from the right people. When you're getting counseled from people on social media, it could be uh, leading you astray. And, you know, it goes also back to what we were talking about friendships. You know, those friendships will help you be able to grow and what you want to do in your life. Um, and it also helps you be able to stay sane as well, stay kind of connected. Because I know that a lot of times, sometimes you just need to talk to your friend to be able to just, you know, get a breather. I know, like, you know, of course, with what we do, you know, I, I, I'm oftentimes on social media. And sometimes I will post my, like, family or friends and everything. But I try not to live my life on social media because I know a lot of times, you know, social media has battered me, it has changed my opinion on certain things, mm-hmm. has made me do certain things that I feel like is right, but it's really not the right way to go about things. So, you know, I'm, I'm still like actively learning how to be able to tune out social media and be able to, you know, do things on my own accord. And, you know, it's okay to focus on yourself and go up the totem pole of life, but you need uh, structure and you need those people in your life to be able to help you stay sane and help you grow as well. There's a balance um, on social media. The aesthetic version of it is <laughs> something that could either either motivate or it could really, really throw someone backwards because of whatever yeah. being portrayed. You're often representing the good the great you're representing oh this is just so beautiful everything's so perfect everything but it you, you know and 
that's not real life. I mean, real life, we're humans. We go through the ebbs and flows of all the things. So, you know, my my own relationship, I don't put anywhere. Like, I never, I don't do that at all. Whoever I'm dealing with, I just don't do that. Now, my friendships every once in a while, but my I use social media to enhance my friendships. Like, if I see um, a place to travel or... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's opening up. I'll share it and I'll send. Mm-hmm. I like social media for that. Or if I see a quote that I know a friend really needs at this moment, like I'll send them that. But, you know, some of the things that are posted up there, I just, for me personally, I just don't get involved with that. I keep my personal life very, very far from that. Uh, but it's a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I do wonder because one of the things I feel like, and all this undercurrent, I really think about because even just kind of with that, with us, I feel like we're all kind of on the same page of like, oh, yeah, you know, these are kind of some of our boundaries. But I really do think about like how it's influencing children who are watching, because for them, this if this is as much as like seeing a black man and a white woman running for president is normal for them. And as much as as normal as it is for them to see a black woman, you know, black and Indian woman vice president. This real this reality show culture is also their reality, and that's a norm for them too. Um, I remember uh, I've taught for two years, like over the summer, I've taught teens in two different camps. Like so, once like one in like Nashville and one in like Atlanta, I was teaching teen girls about playwriting. And every time we started with, okay, so what what kind of story do you want to write? Their first conversation is about something they've seen off reality TV. Like the first conversation they've seen or their first intro to friendship is about what they've seen off reality TV. Um, And so like I've seen them and some of them aren't even old enough. I don't feel like to be on social media, but they're like, yeah, well, you know, on my mama's Facebook or my mama's Instagram or whatever this video is sharing, you're just like 12. Um, Like why is like, why is your first instinct or conversation around your relationship of any sort, um, your reference is, okay, well, these people have to have a conversation and they got to fight over this relationship. Well, let, what other stories are there out there? Or like, I think this past year we were talking and the conversation was about a BBL and it's like, well, I'm like, I was 12. Why are you even thinking about BBLs? Why do you know what one is at 12? Um, and why do you think that that's something to, that you want to kind of even that, what, why was that the first thing that came up as a creative idea for you to do so like that? So it is influencing um, not just us, but others too. And so I do think about about how that might also be kind of impacting even the fun, ones who were not paying as much attention to or may not have had as much experience. With. Well, definitely. But guys, I want to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please grab conversation cards or you can leave a rating and a review. Seated with Strangers is a full experience podcast, so check out the show notes for more ways to engage with us. And we'll see you next time.